Chapter 8 of St. Rose of Lima, The Flower of the New World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. St. Rose of Lima, The Flower of the New World by Florence Mary Capes. Chapter 8 Her Garden Cell and How She Lived There my sister my spouse is a garden enclosed a garden enclosed a fountain sealed up arise o north wind and come o south wind blow through my garden and let the aromatical spices thereof flow i to my beloved and my beloved to me who feedeth among the lilies canticle of canticles chapter four verses twelve and six chapter six verse two the much-admired Isabel de Flores was henceforth then publicly as well as privately acknowledged to be Sister Rose of St. Mary, vowed solemnly to God, and no longer subject to any possibility of being sought after, either in marriage or for general society. There was, however, one kind of society for which she was even more eligible now than ever, and which pursued her in her parents' house, and that was the society of some dominican tertiary women living in the world and of a few other ladies friends of the family who were really attracted by the girl's extraordinary holiness and liked spending their time with her from religious motives for the rest of the saint's life we hear of her as surrounded more or less at times by friends of this description amongst whom the most special friend of all was marie usetaki wife of the gonzales de massa above referred to who was a kind of second mother to rose and in many respects more sympathetic with her than her own mother among others specially mentioned by the biographers as either tertiaries or friends of the saint and partakers in many of her pious practices are isabel de mejia a wealthy woman of high rank with whom many little incidents in saint rose's life are associated eufemia de porellas a young widow catherine of saint mary three sisters philippa catherine and francis de montoya francis bustamante and lucy guerra de la daga whose name should be particularly remembered as the foundress after the saint's death of a dominican convent of which she had prophesied the foundation in her lifetime another great friend of rose's was an old companion of her childhood marie de mesta who married an artist named angelini and whose terribly unrestrained temper was a misery to her husband and to all around her at last her saintly young friend worked a sudden and entire change in her nature by a few words and the former fury as she had really been in her passion became a perfect model of gentleness and self-control now rose had always loved solitude it was a natural and supernatural attraction to her and even in her childish days she had persuaded her favorite brother ferdinand who was devoted to her and always ready to please her in spite of his early teasing proclivities to help her in building a sort of little arbor in the garden where she could go and hide when she wanted to pray unseen or to escape from the other children this little hermitage as she called it was built only of light branches with interwoven palm leaves and leant against the garden wall or paling probably a mere boy's construction though used by the saint for many years as her oratory and fitted up with little pictures statues etc 
just like similar children's garden chapels in our own time her devotion to this rustic hiding-place was so well known to her family that if ever she was wanted and could not be found it was always said go and look for her in the garden that is her bedroom her workroom and her oratory but when the days of more serious usefulness in the household and of going out with her mother came and deprived her of time for getting away into the garden as much as she liked the childish resort had to be deserted and probably fell to pieces it proved however to have been only a forestalling of her after manner of life when the great question of her following the call of god to a single life and giving up the world was settled rose began to feel that the frequent calls made on her time by visitors to the house who thought they might freely see her at home even though she would not go out were inconsistent with both her vow and the state of life she wished to adopt and she craved more and more for the solitude to which god himself seemed to be calling her the thought of her old hermitage revived in her and she began to conceive a strong wish for a refuge of the same kind more suited to her present years and circumstances exactly how soon after her parents left her free she acted upon this wish it is difficult to ascertain in debussier's life she is represented as having done so at once in others it appears not to have been till after she had taken the dominican habit and become a professed tertiary at any rate it was not later in life than just after her profession that she told her mother how earnestly she desired leave and opportunity to be more alone and begged to be allowed to build a regular little cell for herself at the bottom of the garden where she might spend her days with her prayers and her embroidery her plan was to let her mother have the key of the door and to give entrance to no one else except by special desire or leave of her confessor marie de flores at first flatly refused to listen to such a request and to allow her daughter to bury herself alive as she expressed it rose however did not despair but before taking further means to persuade her mother she had recourse to our lady again in her favorite rosary chapel and this time she was bold enough to beg our lord to give her some special sign by means of his mother's image of his will in the matter she obtained it in a wonderful way for a favorite choral rosary of hers which she had begged the sacristan of the chapel to hang round the madonna's neck and which he had placed there with great trouble the statue being so high up that he had to climb a ladder to reach it was found after being there two days miraculously moved from the mother's neck and placed on the hand of her divine infant this of course showed the holy girl at once that her wish was pleasing to god as she had spent those two days in the most earnest prayer for the sign needed and accordingly she went and asked her confessor a dominican friar named lorenzana and also her friends gonzales and marie de massa to go and intercede for her with her mother this time marie de flores gave in at once and rose began the construction of her cell the very next morning she is said to have built it herself but as she was very small and slight she probably only helped we may very fairly imagine her brother ferdinand to have been again her chief workman at any rate it was finished in a day or two was made of wood and was five feet long and four wide it had only one little window such bits of furniture as were necessary for her work and either a plain cross or a crucifix it is not quite clear from the accounts which 
of life-size when father lorenzana saw the cell he remarked on its smallness with some wonder it is large enough said rose for the beloved of my soul and me within these narrow walls then till within about three years of her death we must picture rose of st mary as leading the chief part of her daily life she went at times into the garden to look after her flowers and she returned to the house at night fetched by her mother who when it was winter or the nights were dark brought her husband with her to protect her a clear proof that the garden was large enough for the saint's refuge to be a real solitude but with these exceptions rose left her cell henceforth for three objects only to go to church to help sick friends or relations and to visit or find out poor and miserable women whom she made it one of her duties and pleasures to nurse or relieve otherwise her days were now regularly filled with two occupations first with saying the divine office and other vocal prayers practicing her penances and meditating or holding communion with god in a manner which grew more and more sublime as time went on and secondly in either preparing her nosegays for market or doing needlework for her parents support this last occupation she gave herself to with increased ardor after taking up her abode in the garden so much so that marie de massa who sometimes sat with her would now and then beg her to work a little less hard when she saw the perspiration actually streaming down her face from the closeness of her application to the embroidery frame but the devoted daughter always made answer that her parents had need of her work and that she would never slacken in it so long as she had strength to go on and as a matter of fact it continued to sell so well that she was often able to keep the family quite comfortably on its proceeds rose's conduct in the matter of going to church at least during the earlier years of her hermitage life was of a kind that is most striking as illustrating a characteristic of all the saints to which spiritual writers constantly call attention but which very few people appear to realize that is how very much higher they place the practice of actual virtues and the fulfillment of god's will in their particular duties than the enjoyment of spiritual advantages for the satisfaction of personal devotion st rose's love of the blessed sacrament and realization of our lord's presence and gift of himself in the holy eucharist were so strong as to be even two of the chief causes of actual rapture in her as they had been in st catherine herself her face after communion would sometimes become all lighted up and glowing with love so that people present could hardly look at it and it was said that at those times she bore a strong likeness to her holy mistress moreover as she increased her fasts and spent more and more time in prayer the great grace which has been given to other saints too of being able to live for some days at a time on the bread of life alone was granted to her and at one time when lima was threatened with an invasion by dutch heretics who were expected to plunder the churches the saint went aside from all her ordinary habits of timid retirement and rushed impetuously like an angry lioness her historians say to the high altar of one of the dominican churches there to stand in the hope of being able to give her life in defence of her lord and suffering keen disappointment in spite of thankfulness that her city was saved when the expected attack was averted can it be doubted that not to hear daily mass or even to visit the blessed sacrament for certain every day 
must have been a severe penance to such a soul as this yet in order to keep strictly to obedience and to the retirement and modesty that she saw to be god's desire for her when rose chose her hidden mode of life she made one part of it a strict resolution never to go to church except when her mother could take her or when she gave her leave to go escorted by her brother or some older friend in lima it was held to be highly unbecoming for young unmarried women to be seen alone in the streets indeed as a rule they covered their faces with the veil that formed part of their dress and if this was the case even with respectable girls of ordinary secular lives how much more incumbent our saint felt was it not on one in her peculiar position to be particular accordingly when her mother was unable to go to mass as was pretty often the case from either health indolence or household reasons sister rose stayed at home unless she could find some other suitable escort choosing to mortify her spiritual longings rather than to do the least thing against the duties of her state she had not made this resolution entirely on her own judgment but had been told by her confessor that she was not to go out alone and the consequence of her strict obedience was that for a great portion of these years she only went to church three times a week the idle pious world in lima liked as elsewhere to gossip and make comments on other people's business and thus the frequent absence of rose de flores from church got talked about and even spoken of as a scandal when she was known to be vowed to religious life the gossip was sometimes repeated to her and she was quite aware that she was rather severely blamed in certain quarters but it did not move her she must bear blame if necessary and she simply said my mother's many occupations prevent her going out with me and i am forbidden to go alone to one person however who made some comment on her conduct either one likely to be really scandalized or one more closely intimate than others she added to her usual answer that god did not desert her and that she frequently heard mass in spirit the fact was as her confessor to whom this remark was repeated made her acknowledge that god rewarded her faithfulness and self-restraint in remaining corporally absent from the holy sacrifice and cheerfully bearing criticism out of obedience by allowing her to be frequently transported in spirit to the churches where mass was being said so that she was present in soul while not in body but though he desired her to keep strictly to the rule of not going out alone father lorenzana and other confessors whom she afterwards had did not wish her entirely to refuse intercourse with others provided it was of a kind in accordance with her professed state of life hence it was that when thoroughly established in her garden cell she had many of the tertiary women and other friends spoken of above to visit her there at times but never without the leave or order of the confessor and of course not for mere purposes of idle talk they came either to ask her help and advice in their private spiritual matters or to share in her vocal prayers probably often saying their office with her or again to help her in certain tasks of devotion that she undertook in the course of this part of her life one of these about which we hear a good deal and which was specially dear to rose was the decoration of a statue of st catherine of siena which was carried in procession through lima three times a year the peculiar love of rose for this saint 
was only an extraordinary degree of a devotion that belonged to her native city where the dominican order had always been greatly in the ascendant and where consequently the great catherine was held in special reverence during our saint's lifetime there was no convent of dominican women in lima but there was a very large confraternity dedicated to saint catherine whose particular devotion was this procession with the statue and as long as rose lived after she was once a tertiary she was unanimously appointed year after year to adorn it she had the true southern love of magnificent garments as well as of flowers for the decoration of images as a mark of devotion and respect to the saints they represented and there are many pretty stories told of her hard work and that of her companions of her prayers and even of actual miracles worked at her intercession for the suitable adornment of her mistress's statue she so inspired her holy friends notably the tertiaries amongst them with her own ardor in the cause that they even sat up all night at times making garments and wreaths for decorating saint catherine when the processions were to take place and more than once when they seemed destitute of all kinds of material for their purpose her assurance that something would come in time was justified by the sudden appearance of rich stuffs or jewels sent by friends or by the miraculous blossoming of flowers moreover rose's prayers to saint catherine herself for those who had worked in her service were several times miraculously answered by graces granted at the times of the procession we must then add to our portrait of rose de flores herself if we would think of her as she really lived in her garden cell that of the group of chosen intimate friends whose society broke in at times on her solitude and by whom she was tenderly loved we must not however picture st rose's relation towards her friends as being the same that st catherine bore towards that family by which she was surrounded and over which she held the combined sway of spiritual mother and religious superior all readers of the wonderfully beautiful and vivid account of st catherine's friends and followers given by m francis raphael in her life of the saint must remember the kind of public character that belonged to her relationship with them and which was in accordance with the general exterior career appointed by god for the saint of siena but rose's likeness to her chosen model was to be in her inward not her outward life and though she was well known in lima and her example was of untold value there she was at no time except privately or in peculiar individual instances in the position of a teacher or recognized mother in israel in the way that catherine had been hers was not to counsel popes to write spiritual treatises to direct whole bands of souls or to take part in the public quarrels and political affairs of her country she loved her city and as we shall see later won it many blessings by her penances and prayers but all was done in quiet behind the walls of her parents garden and it is this hiddenness this influence exerted by purely supernatural means in the midst of hard work and poverty and under the restrictions imposed by these which gives its peculiar character to rose of lima's sanctity as compared in its outward aspect with catherine of siena's the latter saint throughout all her public career remained essentially womanly in all her ways 
and is represented to us as of a delicately feminine nature all that we read of saint rose causes us to add to the same womanliness in our mental image of her a certain quality of sweet girlishness that seems to have clung to her throughout her short life and which forms a most attractive contrast to the sternness and unflinching courage of her spiritual career father faber in an introduction he wrote to the oratorian life goes even further than to speak of the saint as girlish acknowledging that his own impression of her bright and sweet nature made him almost unable to think of her as anything but an actual child to the end of her life in the midst of all her penances the accounts of her personal appearance emphasize this contrast and increase the impression of youthfulness for she is described as short slight and altogether very small in make though graceful and well proportioned the strong unlikeness between body and soul in the holy maiden seems to have struck her own contemporaries for there is a story that one day when she went to the church and asked for her confessor the sacristan went up to fetch the father with the remark little rose is downstairs asking for you and that the confessor in almost prophetic spirit made answer ah all the world will one day know the greatness of that little rose hence we think of our young saint among her friends rather as a sister than as a mother or with the older married ones as a daughter guiding when asked to do so more by bright playful hints and indirect suggestions than by actual advice but doing more for the spiritual good of her companions by her own spontaneous conversation than by any deliberate direction the pure love of god burnt so ardently in her that no natural timidity could prevent her bursting into praises of his goodness on the smallest opportunity that offered and we are told that her words when she spoke of him had the most marvellous power of moving hearts and she did not often of her own accord speak of anything else but rose had other visitors than human ones in her cell like many saints who have lived lives of specially ardent love and purity she possessed a strange attraction for the irrational creation and more than one story is told of how furious animals had turned aside from her presence and refrained from harming those who were with her in her earlier days now in her garden hermitage around which the soil was damp and the foliage thick the saint was constantly surrounded by a perfect army of mosquitoes anything but pleasant company to an ordinary person yet rose was never once assailed by them she treated the noxious insects as friends and even it is said commanded them to join her in saying her office by dividing into two groups and buzzing alternately like the two sides of a choir which the tiny creatures did every morning when she first arrived in her cell from the house then when she gave the signal they would fly off in a body to come back again at the next time for prayers some of her friends however were not so well treated the mosquitoes stinging them pitilessly and sometimes getting crushed in return this hurt the saint and she assured her visitors that if they would promise not to hurt her guests she would undertake that the insects should let them alone and so it turned out for the friends who agreed to this were left unmolested 
another and more attractive class of the animal creation also played a great part in st rose's life namely birds their song had a peculiar fascination for her and they are said often to have sent her into a rapture so strongly did they fill her with the thought of god's goodness she would often call upon them as well as the insects to join her in singing his praises concerning this point and apropos of her intercourse with nature generally such a charming description is given in debussier's life of the holy maid in her mother's garden that we cannot do better than conclude this chapter by giving it word for word when at sunrise she crossed the garden to get to her hermitage she would call upon all nature to glorify the maker of all things with her then might the trees be seen bowing over her path shaking off the dewdrops and rustling their leaves so as to send forth harmonious sounds then would the flowers sway gracefully on their stalks half opening their petals to give out their sweetest fragrance and so in their own way celebrate the praises of god and with this the birds began to sing their songs and came to perch on rose's hands and shoulders the insects greeted her with their joyful hum all things in short with life or motion joined in concert with the early praises that she offered to her lord she had reconquered the sovereignty of man over creation that belonged to our first father before his fall a girlfriend taken by rose one day across the garden with her at dawn was witness of this extraordinary sight and of what was to her still more astonishing the quiet way in which her companion took it the saint saw her bewilderment but simply said do you think sister that any one can honor the maker of the world enough and ought not we to praise and serve him indeed when we see all green and flowering things give him thanks after this fashion end of chapter eight